this awareness that we've been talking about, sometimes it can be seen as somehow a, a, a distant thing or some, something that we occasionally may get a glimpse of or that it um, is sort of will remove us from everyday life somehow if we, if we sort of spend too much time there or it's, or it's sort of a fuzzy state, right? It's none of those, right? None of those. It's actually very clear, and um, we function from it a lot of the time, maybe not the majority of the time, but a lot of the time every day in certain activities. Um, like when we drive a car, you know, when we first learned to drive a car, it required our full attention, especially if it was uh, um, not an automatic. <laughs> you had to use shift, that was more complicated. So it took your full attention to drive the car. Um, but as, as our bodies got conditioned to do that, it, the body knew how to do that, and we could drive and just sort of gaze ahead, right? Without, we're not thinking about, you know, we're not saying to ourselves, oh, that car may, might be pulling out, I should watch it, or should I change lanes, or do I have time to pull out at the intersection? We don't do that verbally, right? We don't do that conceptually. We, we, we are aware of what we're able to see, and we're able to function from that awareness. Right? It sounds dangerous, but it's actually what we're doing when we're driving the best. When we're not driving well, it's when we're totally caught up in our head or we're in conversation with the other person or we're you know, trying to see what that sign said. Or, right? But when we're just present and gazing ahead, we function per perfectly well without having to narrate the story, narrate what we're seeing as we're going along. So that's what I mean by functioning from awareness, right? And we do the same, I mean, walking from here to there. We don't have to think, okay, now the left foot, now the right foot, first the heel, then the toe. I mean, we don't do that. We just, we know how to do it, and we can walk perfectly well without having to talk ourselves through it in our head. You know, we don't have to do it when we're breathing. You know, we don't have to do it for a lot of things during the day. Right. So it's, you know, we can see it's not a fuzzy state. I mean, we can be perfectly present and clear and functioning from that space without um, the mind being the middle man, right? Without the mind sort of, without relying on the mind to talk us through what we have to do next. You know, we're just functioning from that, that sense of presence. Right? So a, a lot of this spiritual practice is just getting us comfortable with the idea that, first of all, that space exists, and that it's primary, and that we can trust it. You know, trust it to... I mean, we trust it to, when we go to sleep at night, we trust that the body knows enough to continue to breathe throughout the night. We don't have to remember to do that. Fortunately, you know, 
we had to remember to breathe, you know, we'd all be in trouble. So there's, over the weekend, well, especially yesterday morning, we talked about two practices that are useful to um, sort of clarifying that awareness, clarifying uh, what, what it is, coming, learning to come back to that space. Um, one of the uh, practices that we talked about during the meditation yesterday is just this um, staying with this very simple sense of I am, I exist in this moment. Right? Without, without adding words to it, like I am a good person, I am worthy, I am unworthy, I am 43 years old, I am, I am, I am. I forget all the words after I am. Right? Just stay with that sense of just being this prior to any way we define ourselves. And just come back to that again and again and again. You know, to, to, until we see that what we essentially are is already what we essentially are. We don't have to attain what we are. We just, there's a recognition that that is our essential being, having this experience. You, you could, you know, if you wanted to put it in um, more lofty terms, you could say it's source living itself through these forms. Having, having, experiencing its own creation through us. Right? So we can just come back to that very simple sense of being present for that sense of um, sort of the infinite looking through these eyes. Right? Infinite, not separate, not a separate foreign entity that's trying to look through this me as a separate person. It's the essential beingness that we already are, um, that when we look deep enough inward, it feel, it just drops into this mystery. And when we look out, it, it looks like this. Right? Okay, so that's one, one practice, just coming back to the sense of I am often. Doesn't, you don't need 30 minutes, you don't need five minutes, you can just do it often during the day just to come back. It's, you know, it's busy, I've got a lot going on, but in this moment, um, am I still here? Does there still a presence here? Just come back to that. Okay, the second thing we touched on briefly during the meditation yesterday, and that's just using our um, our body's ability to sense into its environment. Again, non-conceptually. So, you know, we have this capacity of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, you know, sensing inside our bodies, noticing the thoughts that may be occurring, noticing feelings that may be occurring. So it's just it's just the entirety of our sensory environment, whether mental, feeling, perception, sensations. Right? 
none of which requires the mind. We can notice the mind, we can notice the thinking, but what's aware of the thinking isn't dependent on the thinking. It's the other way around. The thinking requires awareness to be aware of it. Otherwise you wouldn't know if you were thinking or not. You wouldn't know if you existed or not. You wouldn't know if you had a body or not. So the, the awareness of thought, the awareness of the body, the awareness of feelings, all it's the awareness that's primary. And so it doesn't, doesn't require thinking about it. When we hear a sound, we, don't, we, we hear it, and then we may think about it a split second later. But in the moment we hear the sound, we hear the bird, we hear it first just as auditory input, pure. And there's an awareness of that. And then a moment later we can say, oh, that's a chickadee. But in, in the moment we hear it, it's just sound. Right? So we can, we can use the, the body's ability to sense into its environment directly, non-conceptually, um, as a way to experience, um, well, experience whatever's arising in a non-conceptual way, in a way that doesn't require the mind to interpret anything for us. Right? It's just a direct experience of it. So, and the purpose of that is just, we've been so programmed, um, you know, first by others and then, you know, then we allow it to perpetuate ourselves, is to give authority to the thinking mind where, where we believe what the mind is telling us more than the direct experience of whatever's happening. So this is just to try to reverse that tendency a little bit, or at least see that tendency to the point that it doesn't have quite the grip on us that it may have otherwise. So it's just using, it's easier to do it with your eyes closed, because with the eyes open there's just too much to see. You know, it's very easy to get pulled away. But with eyes closed it's easier to pay attention to sounds and feelings and the breath moving, right? Watching thoughts go by. So it's, it's a little easier to do that with eyes closed. Um, and the third, third practice I'd like to suggest that we haven't talked about um, this weekend, at least not directly, is, is um, just called like this. Right? So, you know, during the course of any day, we go through all kinds of uh, uh, different situations, emotional up and ups and downs, um, you know, worried, relaxed, fearful, you know, just all of these mood swings during the day based on what may be happening or what we may be telling ourselves. And so um, a, a useful practice is like, you know, something difficult happens. We can feel it in the body. The mind gets worked up. You know, there's a certain 
a certain flavor to the our, our, these bodies' responses to a particular situation. And then we can remind ourselves, okay, in this moment, it's like this. Right? And then we get uh, another moment, and it's quiet and relaxed, and the body has just had a meal, and it feels good, and we're sitting in a sofa. So in this moment, it's, it's like this. Right? So whatever, whatever may be happening, it has a certain flavor. Sometimes we're more comfortable with it, sometimes less. Sometimes we like it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes... You know, it's just, you know, as these bodies, you know, just go through the ordinary course of, of life. You know, and then there's, you know, really ecstatic times and then really difficult times. And, you know, if we, you know, are, are willing to stay with the direct experience, like in this moment, it's not a dismissal of whatever we're experiencing. It's just... Um, you know, um, an acceptance of what whatever it is that's happening. Okay, in this moment, this is what the body's going through. It's like if it feels like this. It it's maybe a little more practical way of um, working with the equivalent instruction, which is allow everything to be as it is. Because right? that feels like, you know, we're sort of letting go of some level of autonomy. But if, if we can just acknowledge, okay, in this moment, this, this is what my experience of life in this particular situation feels like here. You know, we're not, we're not dismissing it, we're not justifying it we're not it just it's just like this this is this is the sense of it this is the flavor of it so three three easy practices i am working with the body senses working with the sense of oh just it's just this in this moment